If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This is the DFS edition for week five. Uh, thanks to everybody that's rated and reviewed the podcast this week after I was um, uh, epically tilted by the lack of recent reviews, <laughs> the waiver wire podcast. Um, I'll say this, man, we'll keep these podcasts, the, specifically the Tradecast and the DFS podcast up on the free feed as long as those keep coming in you guys definitely responded with getting a bunch of ratings and reviews and apple podcasts but it can't stop now we will put this shit behind the paywall if you don't keep reviewing (laughs) so make sure if you're listening give and make it a habit to do it for other content providers that you like if there if there's podcasts that you listen to and that you like and that you appreciate that bring value to your life or even value to your pocketbook like it, it means a lot to those podcasters and those creators for you to take literally two to three seconds and just scroll down in Apple Podcasts and just click that five, click click five stars. Like it, it means more to the creators who you who you listen to and you appreciate than you would ever know. So if, if there's anything you want to do to put good karma into the universe or or just to you know help out people who you enjoy listening to or you enjoy their content. Well, that's a very simple way of doing it. And trust me, man, they'll, they'll notice. We've, we've noticed. And so thank you guys so much for getting those, um, getting those numbers up on those reviews. And hopefully it'll continue. Because if it doesn't, we're, like I said, we're taking all this shit behind the paywall. <laughs> um, just kidding. But I'm really not kidding. We, we will put it behind the paywall. Um, okay. Okay. So let's, let, let's move on to the, uh, let's move on to the games here. As usual, we'll just kind of buzz through them as quick as we possibly can. This is podcast comes at a very awkward time for me as I just got done doing my Roto Grinders show, and I just only have a few hours left before the Sirius XM show. Thankfully, today I was able to get the Vegas tool done early because a couple games we're not going to get props on. I don't think we're – and here's the first one. For some reason, we're not going to get any props, I don't think, in the Buffalo-Tennessee game, um, even though now it looks like – Josh Allen is going to play here in this one. Um, 
just sometimes whenever there's just quarterback uncertainty coming into the game, I don't think the bookmakers by the time Saturday night comes around even bother putting up props on, on games like this. So we'll see if they do. Keep an eye on the Vegas tool at rosterwatch.com. If we do get props in on Buffalo, Tennessee, uh, I will get those up, and you can examine those props versus their DraftKings and FanDuel pricing. Um. So as far as this one, Tennessee is favored by three points, 51% of the bets, 63% of the money on the Titans here on this one. The over-under is uh, now at 39.5 with 63% of the bets on the under, but only 21% of the money. So some sharp support here for this game to pop out and go over. And look, if, if it does, you got to figure that Derrick Henry is going to be a big piece of that. Um, certainly not a guy who I have a ton of conviction on this week, but our models did like him. I believe it was, was it on, I think it was on FanDuel where it liked him better, but you'll have to check the cheat sheets to sort of see there. Um, you know, uh, Taylor, the one, the excellent left tackle coming back this week. So, uh, this certainly helps out there in the run game. And if this is a game where the Tennessee defense can kind of keep rolling, I think this was going to be for me an epic spot where it was the Tennessee defense versus Matt Barkley at home and just run out, you know, Derrick Henry as your, uh, correlation play there we might not get it quite like that this week and I might just have to pivot to just going to playing just a ton of the New England Patriots versus the Washington Redskins um, and a couple of other defenses that we can kind of talk about here through the process but I think the play that I'm most interested in in this whole entire game is Derrick Henry here for the Tennessee Titans I'm not playing Deion Lewis I'm sure as fuck not playing any of these shitty wide receivers even though we did, and I feel bad saying that about AJ Brown. He's not shitty. They just they they're 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 in a shitty situation. AJ Brown, you know, pops off for the big game. Was that last week? That already feels like it was weeks ago. Corey Davis finally gets a little bit of volume, but I I don't trust Corey Davis any any farther than I can throw his big ass. I'm not playing any Adam Humphreys. No interest in Delaney Walker as Buffalo has been basically the most brutal matchup on the entire season for opposing tight ends. On the Buffalo side, I mean, who can you get excited about playing on this Buffalo offense? I know they're 3-1 and one and they keep winning, but this total is miserable. Even though the Sharps like it to go over that 39.5 total, it's still um, – this could be Josh Allen. Right? I mean, it's, it's like it's hard to even – Peg Josh Allen for a big game. One thing in in season-long leagues, and I know nobody cares about season-long on this podcast, I wouldn't drop Josh Allen just yet. His upcoming schedule is awesome. He gets Miami like twice in the next like four to five weeks, plus some other real cupcake matchups. So, look, this first matchup is like – this is a game I might – outside of Derrick Henry, I'm just – I'm kind of clicking it out of my player pool. I'm I'm not interested in any of these guys. Um, And I'm super interested to see where the prop comes in on Derrick Henry. If we do end up getting props in this game, somebody will will get props up on it, and I'll get those up in the Vegas tool. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. Look, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with MyBookie. 
If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. They will double your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER. Visit MyBookie.ag today and use promo code ROSTER to double your first deposit. At MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Atlanta at Houston. Now, this is a game that everybody and their dog is going to be on. And I think that in a week where there were games with higher totals, not necessarily everybody would be on this. This would be like the one that people were talking about as sort of like the sneaky shootout. Now it's the chalk and everybody's on it. So take take that for what you will. Atlanta in this one is a four-point underdog going to Houston. We have 54% of the public bets on Houston, but only 33% of the money. So some sharp support here for the Atlanta Falcons, who are 1-3 and three and likely playing for their – Head coach Dan Quinn, who is uh, who's probably I'm not uh, he's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. So they got to get something done here. The good news is is that Houston has a bad offensive line, and you know there's a possibility that they can get something done here. Um, at least if you look at what the sharps are sort of sharps are sort of saying, at least in relation to that four point spread, regardless, look, this is inside the dome. It should be a, it should be a good shootout. We got a 50 over under in this game. We have 55% of the public bets on the over 46% of the money. So the sharps are kind of aligned with the public sentiment there that this, you know, should be a game where points are scored. DeAndre Hopkins has to bounce back at some point, and it feels like this is the game where it's going to happen. Um, so if you like him, get him in this week. The problem is there are so many awesome running back plays that are so highly priced and some pretty clear-cut good, you know, it's, I mean, maybe good for cash. I'm not you know, sure good for tournaments, but some really good low-priced wide receiver plays that have some good upside. I'm, you know, People talk about how DeAndre Hopkins is going to be so heavily owned, but maybe that's just in the DFS circle that we live in because the fact is DeAndre Hopkins has not been good so far this season. We have Kenny Stills, who's questionable, but he, you know, he might still play. Will Fuller, much cheaper. People could just see him as a direct pivot. Kiki QT, I think, is an interesting play if Kenny Stills does not go. I mean, there are ways to get off of DeAndre Hopkins in this spot. So while people are talking about him being a guy that could be 15 to 20% owned, I just think that when you take into account the fact that everybody's going to want to pay up at running back and the fact that there are these pretty nicely stackable, uh, cheap options, mainly in that Arizona Cincy game at the wide receiver position and the you know quarterback, et cetera. Maybe the Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins stacks won't be quite as popular as we think. And uh, uh, you know, there's also the fact that you know, in general, a lot of DFS players aren't very good. And DeAndre Hopkins this week is a good play, but they won't see him as a good play uh, simply because of what we've um, seen up to this point at, out of out of Hopkins, which has been. Pretty pretty lackluster over the course of the last three weeks. Will Fuller at forty five hundred on DraftKings certainly in play. Keep an eye on what what happens with Kenny Stills. I think that our model liked Carlos Hyde this week, even though it's a little bit counterintuitive. You've wanted to target those pass catching running backs against the Atlanta Falcons recently, and with the loss of Keanu Neal, uh, that could you know that could continue to bear fruit for sure. Um, the middle of that defense, like last year, becomes a lot more deteriorated once they lose that guy. Um, 
as far as from the passing game perspective. But Carlos Hyde, I think, is a fine play. In general, if you're playing tournaments, this is something that my co-host on the Blitz show that I do on Roto Grinders with Derek Carty, who's a cash game player, and this other dude, Kyle Murray. Um, what you know, Kyle has been kind of pounding it in this year to me. You know, when you're playing tournaments, it's not all. It's, it's usually not good to pay down at running back. If you're paying down, pay down for those wide receivers that can have like the. You're much better paying down for a Will Fuller that can pop off for a four catch, 130 yard, two touchdown outburst, than you are paying down for Carlos Hyde that can get you a, a scoreless, you know, 72 yards on 17 carries. It's just, you know, even though you're getting the volume there and in, in, in cash, it might feel like a safer floor in tournaments. You generally want to kind of pay up for the volume and the, and the access to the game environments that you want to with these running backs when you, where you can project the touch share or, you know, with these super high volume stud wide receivers. Right. But paying down at running back to where you're kind of paying, playing like a 1B in a committee or a 1A in some shitty committee where the situation is not that good, that's more of a cash game move than a tournament move. So for Carlos Hyde, I, you know, I, I wouldn't play him in tournaments, but maybe, you know, if you're if he's the last piece in in, in cash, maybe that could work. Um, you know what? And even as I look to the other side of the, of the field here, you know, look, Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan are both going to be great plays. They're both popping off in both of our models. And Matt Ryan, the good thing is you can pair him with Julio Jones. You can pair him with Calvin Ridley. You can pair him with Austin Hooper. Probably not Austin Hooper on FanDuel where he's the most expensive tight end all of a sudden. Like, how, how did that happen? But really good value. Only like the fourth or fifth most expensive over on DraftKings at 4500 um, it could be a could be a good spot here for him. And then the one guy that keeps getting overlooked is I look at the Vegas tool and just look at some of the, the peripherals. The you know the best matchup probably on paper is for Mohamed Sanu operating so much out of the slot. Mohamed Sanu got twelve targets last week, and so if you think that we have on the Houston side, it's looking like Lonnie Johnson, their cornerback that would be facing Julio Jones, is questionable. And I can tell you this about Lonnie Johnson: he's big, he's physical, he's the Kentucky headhunter. I loved him at his Senior Bowl, but I always said this: this guy needs to develop and be able to learn to turn and run with these guys with a with a little bit more uh, precision and, and fluidity in his actual coverage. He's not as, you know, a smooth guy in coverage. It makes you wonder if they just kind of pay extra attention to Julio and if that opens things up, you know, over the middle, maybe for a guy like Mohamed Sanu or opens him up for a couple of deep shots. It's the kind of game where if I look at the Vegas tool, I'm talking an awful lot about Mohamed Sanu for a guy that's not even on our on our – uh, showing up in our cheat sheets for our model, but that's the reason why I do this podcast is as a supplement to it. I tell you guys, man, sometimes I don't like the plays on our model. I don't always love the plays on our DFS cheat sheets, but I've learned not to take them off because when you take them off, you take off you take off Philip Lindsay in the week that he goes bananas for two touchdowns and he's less than four percent owned. So Mohamed Sanu, yeah, I mean he has a five and a half. He has a, or a basically a five and a or a four and a half reception prop with heavy juice on the over. So basically a five reception prop and a fifty two point five receiving yard over under plus two two seventy five to score a touchdown this week. So look, people are going to stack this game every which way but loose. Um, 
I think that the guys who are going to not be involved in these stacks are going to be Devontae Freeman and Mohamed Sanu. And, you know, if if you're interested in stacking this game and doing it maybe in a bit of a contrarian way, maybe maybe stack Matt Ryan with Mohamed Sanu and bring it back with, you know, Hopkins, Will Fuller, something like that in tournaments. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. But this game's certainly a game you're going to want to pay a lot of attention to, one that you are going to want to, you know, if you're playing in multiple lineups and tournaments, one that you'll want to have plenty of exposure to because it does profile as one of the one of the top games on the slate from a fantasy perspective. Just keep in mind that, like we said, coming into our kind of you know, breakdown of this matchup, it, it, it feels like one that would – Probably in other weeks be one that's more of a secondary or tertiary option for most people and one that they would consider maybe a little bit of, you know, maybe a, a little bit sneaky. Um, next up, Baltimore going to Pittsburgh. This game has Baltimore as a three and a half point favorite and the uh, over-under is at 44. Now, 71% of the public bets in this one are on the over, but only 16% of the money. The Sharps love the under in this game. So you don't come here for sports betting advice, but and I'm not giving you sports betting advice, but I'm telling you where the Sharp money is flowing in, and it's flowing into this game uh, here on the under because there's no way that there's 71% of the public bets on the over and only 16% of the money on the over if there's not some big, big, big whales out there in Las Vegas putting big stacks of cash on this game to go under. Uh, Pittsburgh, 51% of the public and 60% of the uh, 60% of the money. So a little bit of sharp support there for Pittsburgh as a uh, as a as a short home dog here I, I i don't know look lamar jackson's got a 58.5 yard rushing prop in this game <laughs> so if we're talking from a you know from a dfs perspective which we are that's like an extra one and a half touchdowns there if if he, if he gets there with that marquise brown he's he's too cheap on on fanduel and Look, I mean, if he's $5,400 on a FanDuel, I'm going to continue playing him. He's the air yards king. This deal, Lamar Jackson doesn't target anybody but Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. This is a this is a perfectly fine matchup for him. I'm not worried about it. Not worried about any kind of Joe Hayden or any of this mess. Uh, Marquise Brown has been used plenty out of the slot, and we know what Pittsburgh has been against slot wide receivers. They've been atrocious. Now, Pittsburgh does sort of have their back against the wall with Tomlin. Um, kind of being on a little bit of the hot seat. I understand that, but just, Baltimore appears right now to certainly be the much better. The, the Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens are the. It's, I don't even. They are the much better team than Mason Rudolph's Pittsburgh Steelers. Even though the defense for for Baltimore is bad, but on that Baltimore side, I really. Th- I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, it's Marquise Brown, it is. Mark Andrews for DFS. I think, you know, season long, of course, you're going to be playing your Mark Ingram. I'm not paying up for Mark Ingram, who's in the same price range as a bunch of other options that I'm much more interested in, guys like David Johnson, et cetera. That's just, I'm not going to do it even in, you know, even in big, big tournaments. It's, um, 
could be a mistake, but I just, you know, at some point you have to limit your player pool in some ways. And look, I'm already buying low here on Marquise Brown and paying up for Lamar Jackson in a spot where everybody's just going to pay down that extra $400 and go to Deshaun Watson. So nice low on the stack there on the Pittsburgh side. Who can you really love? I'm not playing James Conner. Um, there's just, the, you know, he's been banged up. There's the threat of Jalen Samuels. Do we see more of that, uh, more of that kind of wildcat look that we saw last week? Does Jalen Samuels stay involved? Maybe James Conner's another kind of week better. And if that's the case, the Baltimore defense has been shitty. And you can play him. I'm not sure how much I'm going to play him. I think he's reasonable. I know my buddy I talked about earlier, Kyle Murray, uh, he's on – or no, he's not on him. He's on actually. He's on. He's on Le'Veon this week, which is another kind of weird play. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that one. Um, Juju. I mean, look, it's a little bit of a. We have a couple squeaky wheel narratives this week, but Juju, a little bit of a squeaky wheel there with the team saying and Mason Rudolph saying he needs to get him more involved in the passing game. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think, is a fine play. He's been getting pretty heavily targeted uh, these last couple of weeks, and is looking like a looking like a pretty good possession wide receiver. I would really like to own Deontay Johnson in Dynasty, but he's not somebody that I'm rushing out to go play in DFS this week. For me, the main interest in this game is Lamar Jackson stacks with either Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews, uh, especially over on FanDuel, where Marquise Brown is just egregiously priced. I believe at 5,400. What is he? Is he 5,400? Just let me look here real quick. FanDuel, Marquise, 54, yeah, 5,400, and only projected to be between like nine. So we, I think we had him at 10%. I think we had him at 10 or 11% projected ownership. I'm looking here on Roto Grinders. Our buddy Chris Cimino has him at 14. So maybe he's picking up a little bit of steam. I believe he was in the uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's Air Yards Buy Low model, which is always a always kind of a kitschy thing for people to say. And but that Buy Low model has been pretty good this year, uh, as far as some of the players at the top. You know, if you got on Robert Woods or some of these others, it was cer- cer- certainly helpful in those weeks. Um, so Marquise Brown being featured over there. Let's get on to the next one. The New England Patriots of the Washington Redskins. The Patriots in this game are 15 and a half point favorites as they should be. 85% of the public bets on New England and 88% of the money is on New England. 66% of the bets on the under, 94% of the money on the under. So people think that New England is going to curb stomp these idiots and they're not going to score any points because Colt McCoy is starting for the Washington Redskins, Case Keenum looking like he's still banged up. If he's able to go, he will be able to go only in a backup capacity, meaning more Dwayne Haskins. Boy, boy, does everybody feel tilted that Daniel Jones is so good and Dwayne Haskins is so shitty. Dwayne Haskins looks bad. I mean, this whole thing with Colt McCoy and everything, Look, no Vernon Davis this week either. It's like this ruins everything on the Washington side. For me, this is the New England Patriots defense. This is, you can play Tom Brady. I'm a little bit surprised at the low props for Josh Gordon and for uh, Julian Edelman here in this one. Both of those guys are showing up on our models as well as Tom Brady. I think you can stack these guys and hope for a four-touchdown Tom Brady curb stomping. Keep an eye on Rex Burkhead. Uh, If he can't go, that clearly gives a big bump to... Um, Sony Michelle and to James White is sort of sneaky plays there. Rex Burkhead has been a, a bit of a thorn in their side, and just to 
pretty good standalone own this year as far as season long. Um, we want to have concentrated touch projections here in this offense, though, especially at the running back spots. And if we can get it in a game where they're 15-point favorites against this brutally, brutally horrible uh brutally horrible Washington Redskins team I would do it especially because I'm going to be wanting to play a lot of a lot of a lot of Patriots defense and we all know that the correlations with the defense and the running back are plays that we can always get behind so um, I don't I don't really know who I'm missing oh Benjamin Watson comes back this week for the Patriots I, I mean could he troll away two touchdowns this week absolutely uh, from training camp Byron said that down in the red zone that guy's the, the, like the red zone maven. During the two or three days that Byron was there, he said he, you know, he said he was um, he was down there catching all the touchdowns. So keep that in mind. Maybe you can slip in some Ben Watson this week, get off some of the other chalk, and and kind of diversify your lineup in that way. Uh, don't have a ton of conviction about it, but I think that in a week where tight end feels kind of gross, uh, it could be a, an interesting enough way to go. Uh, let's see what is the next game here. Jacksonville at Carolina. So Carolina in this game is three and a half point uh, home favorites. We have 59% of the bets on the Jags and only 51% of the money on the Jags to cover. So I get this little tiny bit of sharp support there for the Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers at home versus Gardner Minshew. Um, the over-unders dropped from a 42 to a 40. That's because 60% of the public is on the over, but only 42% of the money. So a lot of sharps like the under in this game. And that has to do with Carolina's defense that has been outstanding. And I think the Gardner Minshew, I love the mustache, man. I think that he's awesome. I think he's. Be- I think that pff, Jacksonville fans should start wondering what the hell they're going to do with Nick Foles when he comes back or how they can get out of that contract. With that said, I think that this could be a game where – he got banged up last week, man, and th- this is a th- this is a game where um, I just I, I I worry about those two offensive tackles. I mean, they they have Juwan Taylor out there who's a who's a rookie. Uh, just this is a team that's getting pressure. It's doing things in all kinds of interesting ways. Um, they I mean they they've 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 flummoxed numerous opponents in the passing game guys like Deshaun Watson etc so I think that the Carolina defense is certainly in play here clearly I'm bearing the lead Christian McCaffrey always the usage king um so just just play him I think the best matchup that we're going to see here in this game now that we don't have Jalen Ramsey for the uh for the Panthers likely we'll see A.J. Bouye on D.J. Moore so maybe Curtis Samuel can get open for a couple things. And we know that Kyle Allen has that nice rapport with Curtis Samuel. I think that Will Will Fuller, Will Greer, let's hope Will Greer doesn't get in this goddamn game. <laughs> for everyone's sake, Curtis Samuel included. Um, Will Fuller is going to be really popular for the Texans, and a direct pivot off of him could be Curtis Samuel. Um, so... There's a lot of guys in that kind of 4,500 range that could be popular. So Curtis Samuel could be a good swerve off of those guys. On the Jacksonville side, you're fine to roll out Fournette. He's still cheap, still cheap, still fine. Other than that, though, man, I don't I don't know. DJ Chark is turning out to be pretty awesome, but I hate James Bradbury. I don't think he's even that good, but you feel like Bradbury and Chark sort of match up pretty well because they're both, you know, you know, 
Bradbury is just a big, big, tall dude. He kind of matches up with those guys okay. The thing about Chark is he just he has the he has the speed on him, so you don't necessarily want to count him out. Speaking of that area yards by low model that Josh Hermsmeyer does, D.D. Westbrook is on that deal, so probably should toss that in there as well. But my, I mean, my my main main interest here: Carolina defense, Christian McCaffrey. Arizona at Cincy, if you've been thinking about stacking this one because there's some cheap pieces, trust me, you are not alone. Uh, the Cardinals are 0-3-1 coming into this. So two winless teams. At least the Cardinals aren't completely defeated, right? We always talk about it. They kissed their sister in week one with, with, with Patricia. Cincinnati, though, looking even as just every bit as shitty as the Miami Dolphins. They're three-point favorites in this game. 72% of the bets are on Arizona, and the Sharps have a ton of public support for these guys. 84% of the money uh, is on the Arizona Cardinals here on this one to cover that three on the road. I think that this is where Kyler Murray gets his first win, and I think it largely has to do with David Johnson going up against our number one matchup of the week at Roster Watch. Um, he should get fed a lot, man. No Christian Kirk in this game, so that opens things up. A lot of people are going to be swerving to Keyshawn Johnson at just 3,500. I think that's fine, but I don't necessarily want to always play the player on the outside uh, in this matchup. Also, like we need to keep an eye on Demir Bird and make sure that he is completely out. He was trending towards being doubtful, but I saw just now when I was looking at the injury report, he's still listed as questionable. Let's see what's going on with Demir Bird. Let's see... You know, Trent Sherfield looks so. If if Demir Bird is 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 out, it looks like the outside receivers are going to be Trent Sherfield and Keyshawn Johnson, with the inside receivers being Larry Fitzgerald, and then filling in for Christian Kirk will be Pharaoh. Was it Pharaoh Brown or Pharaoh Cooper? I forget which Pharaoh it is. They even fucking is Pharaoh Cooper. He wasn't even in the league a few weeks ago. So, um, and he's not in the player pool on DraftKings at least. I don't, I don't think he is on FanDuel. But Keyshawn Johnson was the one who we heard about through the whole preseason. He's the guy that we told you about from the Senior Bowl, had the big Shrine Game week, talented player, a great prop this week as well if I go to the Vegas tool at rosterwatch.com. He has a a three-and-a-half reception, 45.5-yard prop. He's plus 225 to score, so he could be sneaky. But, look, in this game, it's, 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 it's Larry, who on FanDuel especially, sub 6K, I mean, whew. On on DraftKings, you know, maybe Keyshawn Johnson. David Johnson on FanDuel specifically is just unbelievably cheap at 6800 He's 7500 on DraftKings. So on DraftKings, which has a $50,000 salary cap, he is 7500 On FanDuel, where he has a, uh, a $60,000 salary cap, he's only 6800 If I pull up my weekly rankings chart here, behind the internal ranking sheet that we have among us here at Roster Watch. So basically, you're gaining almost 4% salary cap on David Johnson this week, who's minus 110 to score. He has a five-and-a-half reception prop, 46.5 receiving yard prop, 58.5 rushing yard prop. you got to think that David Johnson gets more involved in the passing game with no Christian Kirk. They're not going to throw it to fucking Pharaoh. Maybe they will. But it doesn't matter for our purposes because we can't play him. On the Cincy side, lots of, in, lots of interesting plays here, too. We got Andy Dalton, who's going to be basically playing in his best matchup of the year. His defense sucks. The Arizona defense sucks. This thing is destined to go over. Um, 
you know, I, I think that uh, with a 47 and a half total, you know, with these defenses being so bad and these offenses just running at such a high pace, you know, Anthony Dalton's certainly in play. And with no John Ross this week, that opens things up for Tyler Boyd to, to just crush against this Arizona team that has been absolutely slashed by slot wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and when we talk about that, we also need to talk about Auden Tate, who over the course of the last two weeks, whenever he's been fully integrated in, he's only 3,500 over the course of the last two weeks. He's averaging eight targets per game. Um, and now there's no John Ross. John Ross was active in those two. Now there's no John Ross. So you get that kind of target. You get a big body like Auden Tate. He kind of looks like a tight end. It doesn't operate in the same portion of the field, but I mean, he's a he's a good play this week at 3,500 on DraftKings. I don't think I can play him on FanDuel, where I believe his price is 5,800. Let's see, is his price 5,800 on FanDuel? 5,300. So I'm still still okay, but boy, that 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 3,500 sure sure seems like a uh, sure seems like a steal for him over there. And if I was playing cash games, I think I would get him in as a way that I could, you know, there are ways, trust me, there are ways you can get in Zeke, Dalvin, and CMC this week. It's just, um, you're going to have to pay down for the Auden Tates of the world, the Keyshawn Johnsons of the world, and that's the, you know, Andy Dalton. You can stack that game, get in Tyler Reifert at tight end. We've seen what has happened with opposing tight ends in the Arizona Cardinals, and I know people like my buddy Derek Cardi that I do that show, The Blitz, with, like he says that defense doesn't matter. There are people out there that say defense doesn't matter. I was referencing Josh Hermsmeyer earlier. Of course, he came up with it last year. Defenses don't matter. And it's just not true. Of course, defenses fucking matter. Now, we can't argue about the four-game sample size, but let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Arizona's been smashed by opposing tight ends. Smashed. Will Disley week. Greg Olson week. Mark Andrews week and TJ Hawkinson week. I mean, it's it's probably going to continue with Tyler Eifert week, and you know, next week it will certainly continue with Austin Hooper week. Uh, can't wait to see how expensive he's going to be next week, especially if he has a big game again uh, coming up here. All right, so Tampa Bay and New Orleans. This game of forty-five and a half over under. Uh, New Orleans now three-point favorites in this one after opening up as six and a half-point favorites. Fifty-six um, percent of the of the fifty-six uh, percent of the bets on New Orleans, only forty-eight percent of the money. Fifty percent of the bets on the under, but only seventy-three and seventy-three percent of the money on the under. So some sharp support here for the under in this game. Uh, not the high-flying game as wh- who was it? Was it Rich Rebar, or Lord Reeves, who used to be over at Roto World, said uh, the the Coors Field of NFL DFS doesn't feel quite like it this week, but Look, the 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 marquee play here is Michael Thomas on DraftKings, where he's only sixty six hundred. Look, Michael Thomas is an eighty five hundred dollar player. Sixty six hundred is just cock and mamie. I mean, he has a seven reception, eighty two point five yard over under as far as his prop. He's plus one hundred to score. He's basically behind Auden Tate for DraftKings, the second most valuable player on the slate for his price. Uh, if you base it just on the Vegas props alone, and, and I mean, I think that everything tells us that even though Teddy Bridgewater sucks, that Michael Thomas's route inventory is not as disrupted by the idea of 
Teddy Bridgewater is, say, Ted Ginn or Traquan Smith. By the way, Traquan Smith looking like he could be back this week. Um, he's a low average, average depth of target guy. And I, while I feel like a little bit of his ceiling is taken away, is it, I mean, is it really that crazy to think Michael, Tom, Michael Thomas could have eight catches in this game and maybe go for 85 yards and a touchdown? That's, I mean, that just seems like it's in the, I mean, that's, that's right in the wheelhouse. As far as a, as far as a possible range of outcomes, so for sixty six hundred, he's just too cheap. If you're playing cash games on DraftKings, I, I highly recommend that you get him in for tournaments. Of course, you can you know YOLO, you can do whatever you want. Um, better play on DK than he is on FanDuel, but certainly also a pretty pretty good play over on FanDuel. Checking in out of the seventy seven props I was able to get this morning as the sixteenth uh, best as far as the prop. They're the projection based on the prop versus the pricing. Um, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to get probably one third to one fourth the ownership of those other big three guys I talked about: Dalvin, Ezekiel Elliott, and um, Christian McCaffrey. You're going to get Alvin Kamara at like a five percent ownership. And while this Tampa Bay defense has been horrible to run on this year, Todd Bowles has really helped in the run game. They are still bad against opposing wide receivers and against opposing quarterbacks so if Alvin Kamara could be used in the way that we saw him used against Seattle whenever Teddy Bridgewater had to travel up there I believe for his first game actually starting you know look if we get him at five percent he's going to be a great tournament play and especially on FanDuel he's showing up as an excellent value this week he's only 8,200 over on FanDuel versus uh, let's see Kamara uh, 8,600 on DK. So, um, now that's amazing. He's, 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 he's cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. So, um, another guy who we can definitely look to to differentiate ourselves in tournaments if you're interested there. Although, boy, these other plays are, these other plays are hard, to, hard to get off of. On the Tampa Bay side, I like Chris Godwin's matchup better than I like Mike Evans' matchup, but Mike Evans has a better prop this week. Of course, we'll be seeing Marshawn Lattimore, who he's had up-and-down performances against thus far in his career, while Chris Godwin, coming off the absolute monster last week, has a, has a really good uh, prop himself, and we'll be going against P.J. Williams out of the slot. For most of his work, I'm not playing O.J. Howard. I'm not playing Ronald Jones in this spot. The Saints, much to the kind. These these defenses are a lot alike of the Saints and of the Bucks. Easier to pass on than they are to run on traditionally. So that means no Peyton Barber for me, no Ronald Jones for me, and I'm just I'm I'm not paying I'm I'm not playing O.J. Howard. <sighs> just I'm not going to do it. All right, over to London for the game of the tea and crumpets. <laughs> How's that for a shitty accent? G'day, mate. That's it. That's that's Australian. Anyway, Wembley Stadium, Chicago Bears at uh, not at Oakland Raiders. Chicago, Chicago and Oakland playing in front of the soccer hooligans. Uh, the Bears are five point favorites. Seventy four percent of the bets on uh, Chicago. Sixty eight percent of the money. Everybody, everybody and their dog thinks this game's going under. They have forty four point five total. And I, there, there's some there's some stats out there you can look up. I don't want to quote them. I saw some buzz on Twitter that these people think these games always go under, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, I, I think actually maybe more of the London games have gone over. 
but I don't 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 quote me on that. You can look on Twitter, like type in London Games over, and uh, there's somebody on. I wish I'd give him credit. There's somebody out there on Twitter that has a stat about that. Regardless, uh, the Bears here is five point favorites. Our models love David Montgomery this week. Chase Daniel is going to be in again for Mitchell Trubisky. You might hear some talk about him as a cheap option uh, to play this week. I'm not sure that I necessarily love it. I do think David Montgomery last week, I believe 21 attempts. He's getting more and more playing time now. We should mention that Mike Davis, I believe, had a personal issue last week, so I'm not sure if he was inactive or whether he got in at all. But it seems like he's been getting phased out of the offense. This is turning into a David Montgomery show. Uh, Probably should mention that Chase Daniel has shown an affinity for dumping it off in the past to Tariq Cohen, so it wouldn't be too surprising to see Tariq Cohen Maybe pop off a little bit here in this one, especially if Matt Nagy is scheming around the fu- the fact and the idea that um, uh, Shitbird and Miscreant Fontes Perfect is out for this game and hopefully out of football for the rest of his life. He's been the enforcer over the middle and, and with uh, some weak linebacker play there, maybe we could uh, see Tariq Cohen uh, be a factor in the receiving game here in this one. And we know what a jitterbug he is. With the football and his, can you believe the Bears are three and one? The Bears are three and one. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, just kind of looking at the matchup here: Oakland two and two, Bears three and one. Um, on the Bears side, the only wide receiver I'm interested in for you know, as far as from like a model or an optimal perspective, would be Allen Robinson. Our model really liked him, despite the quarterback change and the possible issues there. He's been getting a lot of volume recently, and um, I believe – let me just go back and look here. Um, Allen Robinson. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to look and see what his targets were last week because I didn't know it right off the top of my head. So, yeah, I mean, seven targets last week. That's the same as it had been in the previous three, three weeks to start the um, – to start the 2019 season. And, and, I mean, at Denver and at Washington in those games, he, like, he had fewer yards than he did versus Minnesota in what many thought would be a tougher matchup, especially with Chase Daniel. So, um, I, you know, Allen Robinson seems sort of immune to that quarterback situation. I think the one other guy you can look at, if it turns out we have no Taylor Gabriel, is Javon Wims. You might have heard other people talk about him this week. He's fine. If you've been, if you listen to the preseason DFS stuff that we do, we always stack Javon Wims with Tyler Bray. Um, it's just Javon Wims is just such a preseason goat. He's a he's a good player, um, and last week I believe he got five targets. So uh, in this game versus the Oakland Raiders, in a, in a really good matchup. I think he's only 3,200. He's either 3,200 or 3,500 on DraftKings. If you're interested in maybe swerving off the Auden Tates or the Keyshawn Johnsons of the world, but still want to get in a bunch of high-priced uh, running backs, maybe you could go with Javon Wims. I mean, it's a deep play. Of course, it won't show up on any of our sheets or any of the tools because it's just, you know, it's not, it's not a, it isn't a, um, it's, it isn't an optimal play, but uh, Javon Wims could be interesting here. Oakland, Tyrell Williams looks like he's been banged up. We'll see. I, this thing, the only the only player on Oakland that I'm interested in is Darren Waller. And then if I'm feeling real squirrely and I'm and I'm looking to just do something real weird, Josh Jacobs is only 4,500. He's questionable this week, though. I did notice he's getting an uptick in his receiving props. 
Uh, he has a one and a half reception over under with a heavy juice on the over in this game. Maybe that's Vegas signaling to us that they're expecting an uptick in his receiving usage in this game after we've heard as much from uh, Gruden this week. I just don't know about Gruden because he's lied about that exact thing before. The hell, they drafted him because they said they were going to use him like that. Um, but Darren Waller, I think, might be my favorite tight end play on the whole slate. New York Jets and Philadelphia Eagles, still no Sam Darnold. So uh, the New York Jets continue to be falked with Luke Falk. 43.5 is the total here. 51% of the bets are, or I'm sorry, Philadelphia is 14-point favorites. 51% of the bets are on the Jets to cover with 68% of the money. So some people think the Jets can keep this thing close. I'm not so sure. The only way they're going to be able to do it is through the air, though, because the Philadelphia Eagles are terrible against opposing runners on the ground. But through the air, they've just gotten absolutely scorched. They're also, I mean, they have they have some injuries, man. Ronald, Ronald Darby continues to be out. Uh, Avante Maddox is out. And Sidney Jones is questionable all in the back end. So they're going from shitty to worse here. Can Robbie Anderson finally get it done? It's going to be the first matchup that he has this season that's uh, a good one, a favorable one. Whew, I only have like nine minutes till Texas starts playing. I got I to gotta hurry this up. Um, so yeah, Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, all those guys are fine, um, for tournaments, certainly not for cash. And then on the Philadelphia side, Carson Wentz is going to be great chalk this week. It's just, who do you pair him with? Uh, if he's up, uh, Zach Ertz is kind of cheap and cheap on FanDuel, expensive on DraftKings. You look at it and you you just begin to wonder, you know, how much Jamal, how much of a Jamal Adams does he see? How much does he shut him down? Am I really interested in playing Alshon Jeffrey? I think that some ownership could come off of Carson Wentz because people aren't going to know who to stack him with. But I think on Fanduel, he'll be more popular because you can stack him with Zach Ertz. Both those guys are clearly perfectly fine. Uh, this game, one of the higher implied team totals of the week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I I would not fault you for wanting to stack Carson Wentz with somebody and maybe bring it back with Robbie Anderson. It's just the quarterback situation there is um, we, I would have, if this game would have involved Sam Donald, I would have, I would have been wanting to stack it, but it just, it just doesn't not just yet. His, his, his spleen needs time. All right. The final early game here, Minnesota at the New York giants. We talked earlier about the squeaky wheel with Adam Thielen. Um, Stephon Diggs, what the fuck, man? Like, is he even going to play? He's been missing practice. He's tilted. He wants to be traded. But this matchup sets up so beautifully for Diggs, for Thielen, for Dalvin Cook, all of them. I mean, even Kirk Cousins, you might be able to play in a tournament here. It's early in the after. It's it's an early game, so Kirk Cousins won't get that late afternoon slash primetime um, shitting of the pants that we've come to expect out of him. Uh, but just Dalvin, what an awesome play here in this spot. Probably better over on FanDuel, where he's basically the same price that he is on DraftKings. Um, but yeah, Diggs, Thielen. I like Thielen better than Diggs, just because Diggs, we don't know if it's... I mean, Thielen literally called out Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins said this week that he would, he, he told the media he was sorry. He, he's going to... Look, he's going to get that guy going. So... And good, 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 good props for all those players as well. On the Giants side, I'm not going back to Wayne Gallman. They're sitting the same kind of matchup, and he's he's not at the same price. Evan Ingram, you could probably go there. Minnesota's not a great matchup for proposing tight ends, but we did see what Darren Waller did to them earlier this year. I think that the most intriguing thing to see is what happens with the wide receivers now that Golden Tate comes back, and does that affect Evan Ingram? 
It certainly should affect Sterling Shepard. We don't know what's going to happen. Anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen if they don't have inside knowledge is full of shit and they're lying to you. But if Sterling Shepard moves outside, I don't like him as much. And at just $4,500 on FanDuel, that could be interesting for Golden Tate in the week where we're trying to do all we can to pay it for these running backs. That minimum price on FanDuel is basically like saying he's like thirty. 300 or something like that on DraftKings, which we, we, which we would say is too cheap. Um, and Golden Tate, he has a four and a half reception prop. So, I mean, if we just we, we, we look at that and we just uh, start to think like on FanDuel, this is a guy that, uh, you know, we should probably be considering a four and a half reception, 49.5 yard prop and just 4,500 men's salary there. So uh, that's where we'd be going in that one. All right, let's buzz through these afternoon games. Uh, the... Uh, Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. This game is um, a 44.5 total. The uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are six-point favorites here at home. 55% of the bets on the Chargers, only 30% of the money, so some sharp support here for the Denver Broncos. They need to get something going, and they started to turn it on a little bit last week as far as the sack department. Maybe they'll continue to do it. And here's the other, here's the other thing. The Chargers' defense is shitty. These are two shitty defenses. 60% of the pets on the... Yeah, sharp, sharp money's on the over in this game because these defenses are bad. I mean, I'm not saying to play Joe Flacco, but maybe you could consider him. You could consider the wide receivers for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen. On the Chargers side, of course, you always consider... I'm sorry, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders. And on the Chargers side, of course, Keenan Allen's always in play, but Mike Williams does come back this week. We also have Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler... Austin Eckler's price has come down. Our model still likes him, but I'm worried that this is going to be a split backfield. With that being said, we should get at least one week where Melvin Gordon's kind of getting acclimated back in. So you can still roll there with Austin Eckler. With Keenan Allen, you wonder, are they going to slide Chris Harris into the slot corner role? Because he hasn't played much there this year, but he's always played there before. It seems like Fangio has to know. He's like, look, we got to get somebody good on Keenan Allen. We can't let this dude beat us, even though Mike Williams is coming back this week. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see that. I think this week, whereas I've had Keenan Allen and all of you have had Keenan Allen and all of our cash game lineups and just locking him in first and foremost, I think this week I'm reserving him for more of a tournament play because he's not going to be as heavily owned. And I have legit worries just about that single matchup. And if that matchup does go bad like that, it could open things up for Mike Williams if he's able to go. Also, we could see Austin Eckler used as more of like a receiver. Maybe there could, they could use two running backs with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Weird situation there with the runners. Um, not sure how much of it I'll be, I'll be on, but I think I'll have a little bit of Eckler. Not sure how much, how much uh, Melvin Gordon. All right, finally, Green Bay Packers at Dallas Cowboys, a 47 over-under. Uh, Dallas is three-and-a-half-point favorites here at home. 60% of the bets on the under along with 52% of the money. So a little bit of sharp support here for this game to go off. I like to hear that. This could be the, this, See, this could be the sneaky game to stack because you have Zeke Elliott in this spot where it's a totally easy team to run on, not the best team to run against. We're going to have Amari Cooper likely up against Jair Alexander, Michael Gallup sort of making his way back. We find out this week, does Michael Gallup really play a part in making this offense run? Because no Michael Gallup, this offense really uh, hasn't hasn't looked the same uh, over the course of the last uh, over the course of the last. Uh, sorry, getting a phone call here. Over the course of the last uh, couple weeks, while Gallup has been injured, so uh, we will we'll see about that. 
Um, not too much interest here in Amari. Like I said, all the interest in the world in Zeke here in this spot. And then on the on the uh, on the Packers side, of course, no De- no Devonte Adams. So does that open things up for? Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Who's the third wide receiver going to be? Is it Darius Shepard? Is it Jake Kumaro? Uh, all things that we are yet to find out. But the thing we do know is that probably MVS will be the number one target. Uh, the, what comes along with that, though, is, is being the, the the center of attention and having to deal with the, the Byron Joneses of the world and, and, and some of the better coverage. So um, whenever we see how that turns out, uh, we'll be able to know kind of moving forward if there's an extended absence for Devontae Adams. But uh, with that being said, for this week, I'm probably holding off for those guys except in tournaments. I think Aaron Jones at just 5,900 on DraftKings makes a ton of sense. I can think back to that week four or five game in 2017 where we saw Aaron Jones when Jamal Williams was hurt just go off for like a 22-pointer in PPR, looking really good that week. Um Look, the only guy behind him is Dexter Williams, and Dexter Williams just absolutely sucks. So if there's ever been a week where Aaron Jones is going to be able to get it done, where he's going to get the usage, where he's not going to get yanked by Matt LaFleur or any other donkey member of that Green Bay Packers coaching staff, it's going to be this week because we know one thing, and we know one thing for goddamn sure. They hate Dexter Williams. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.